Hey, y'all. Hey, welcome to the Purpose University podcast, your source of inspiration as you seek to overcome adversity, create your best life and be your most authentic self. I am Dr. Eve. I'm your host, and I'm excited that you decided to join me on today because your time is valuable and I recognize you could be anywhere else, but you're here. So thank you. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm really happy to have you here and I certainly hope that you come back for more. So, uh, real talk. If you're feeling what you're hearing, help the show grow. Leave a review and tell everyone you know. Now, without further ado, let's get into it. All right, folks, sitting here today with the lovely Brandy Vonado, um, who is an entrepreneur, photographer, somebody who's into natural skincare. She's just an amazing being. And I'm not going to give you all of the details because I want her to do it. So, Brandy, welcome to the show, first and foremost. How are you? Thank you. I am doing well today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. I'm really glad that you're here, that you've taken time out of your schedule to just really invest in the platform and share the good news with the people. So tell us, who are you and what do you do? So my name is Brandy. I'm 31 years old. I'm a mom, but I'm also a creative and a teacher. I love to create things, whether it's writing, whether it's making my own beauty products, painting, drawing. Anything that's creative, I really love to do. And I'm really passionate about teaching as well. So part of what I do as an entrepreneur is just teach people how to care for themselves. Hmm. So what was it that led you to wanting to teach people to care about themselves? You know, when I was younger, people in my family, they worked really hard, right? But I noticed that they were always stressed out. (laughs) So they would work Hmm. really hard and they were always stressed out. And growing up, I'm like, wow, you know, I'm learning how to work hard, but I don't want to, I don't want to feel like that. I don't want to come home and, and always be tired. And I don't want to, you know, work two or three jobs just to provide and take care of for myself. So as I got older and I went to college and, you know, burnout is a real thing, right? Whether you're in school or whether you're working. And so I just started picking up on certain habits that I wanted to adopt, right? Like I wanted to journal and I would go for walks and things like that just to just to keep myself mentally strong, you know? And I learned that a lot of other people that I knew, my friends, family, they didn't really have these skills. And I'm like, I'm a natural teacher. Like as soon as I learn something, I'm ready to share it with other people. So I just Mm -hmm. started doing that naturally. And that, of course, just, you know, folded into my businesses. I love that. I'm like you. Like, as soon as I figure out something, oh, let me tell everybody. Y'all should know about Right. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love that. That's really cool. So, you know, first generation college graduate you are. I would like yeah. to kind of step back, rewind for a second and figure out what even led you to want to go to college in the first place. Because nobody gone. So what was it like for you to even say, I'm going to go to college? So my college journey actually starts a little further back when I was in fourth grade. I grew up in Richmond, California, and at one point in time, Richmond, California was the murder capital, right, of Mm. the United States. And as young as fourth grade, you know, when I was in fourth grade, I had a friend in sixth grade who was murdered on the way home from school. And I started to think about my future, and I was saying, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I cannot stay here. Right. And and be a part of this. It was in fourth grade. It was it took a toll. Right. Like I was in a constant state of grieving different things. And this program came along called Making Ways Education Program. And they were a college prep program. 
and they were looking for folks who were interested in potentially going to college. And as part of that program, you know, they would do, it was like an after school program, right? And so a couple of days a week, you would go to this program, they would tutor you, they would assist you with test prep skills. And then as you got older, when it was time for you to go to college, they would give you a scholarship. At that time, they were offering a full ride scholarship, right? Wherever you wanted to go to college. And so I remember getting information and coming home and telling my mom, like, okay, I'm going to college and this is what I need to do. Mom, fill out this paperwork. And she did. And from fifth grade through 12th grade, I was a part of this program. And I received a ton of different skills, just time management, organization. They did SAT prep with us. They assisted us with vocab. And when I was in eighth grade, they assisted me in getting a scholarship to go to a private school. And I did. And that really helped prepare me to go to college. And it was difficult because, you know, being first generation, your parents, they have not gone through this process. So they can't really help you navigate the system, right? I would come home and say, Mom, I need to do this or I need to sign up for this test and she wouldn't know what it was, right? And so the program really helped to be that sort of in-between, right, where they could explain things to me and to my parents, whereas the school really didn't provide a lot of information. It was kind of like, if you knew you were going to college, you'd have to figure out what you needed to do. You know, you have to go to the counselor and say, can you do this? The counselor would not find you. And so that program really helped a lot. So when I was in high school, I just knew that there were certain things I needed to do. I needed to push myself. And my family, they really cared for me, but they didn't have the skills in order to help me. And so I really leaned on that program a lot to assist me through the process. That's nice. I love that you had support. So were they with you when you went to college as well? The program? Yeah. So once once I went to college, it wasn't as hands-on. It was not as much support. It was kind of just like a, a check-in process, right? They they paid for my entire four years, so I was able to graduate my undergraduate debt-free. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they have more of a, an alumni network, but at the time they didn't. And so it was just those connections I had made with people that I, I reached out to. You know, when I went to college, I went to New York, right? I went far away from California. And so I was the only one that I knew that was going to my school, whether from my high school or from this program. And so... You know, social media at the time was just starting up, right? Facebook was new and phasing out of my space. So I really was like on social media connecting with people back home and connecting with people from this program, trying to figure out, you know, how to survive a a New York winter and (laughs) what I should do if, you know, so that was really helpful. Mm, Very nice. So I'm thinking about, you know, most of us who are first generation, like you said, we go to school and we don't really have the guidance that we need or the support. But when we get to school, we do have people who are strategically put in place to be able to help us matriculate. However, when we graduate, life changes a little bit because we don't necessarily have that nest anymore of comfort. So I'm curious to know for you, how was the transition out of college and starting your phase of adulthood? Mm. Um, It was difficult. So in my junior year, um, I had my son. So I took a, a leave of absence for a semester. When I came back, right? Everything just got real, right? Because now I don't have time to figure out a lot of things, right? I have a family now and a child to provide for. What was difficult was that I majored in English Mm. with the hopes of going into journalism after college, which is why I wanted to go to school in New York City, right? Because there's tons of opportunities. Unfortunately, 
right? Those opportunities are very limited. They're very competitive, right? If you want to get an internship or you want to get an entry-level position in journalism. And so in my last year of college, I was really getting nervous that I would not find a well-paying job, right? Mind you, I graduated college in 2009, right around, you know, the economy was not doing well. Most people who graduated high school at that time did not find a job in their field, which I didn't. And so I was thinking about, okay, what do I do? That network of people from my program that I had, the network that I built in college, I just started reaching out and asking people, like, what like, what are my options, right? What can I do? I went to see different counselors, you know, colleges have so many resources. And again, if you don't reach out to them, they will not come knocking at your door. <laughs> so you gotta be out there looking, right? So I went to different counselors, like my school offered resume support and they would do interview prep and practice with you. And through that, one of the people in that center, they said, you know, have you ever thought about teaching? Because mm. at the time I was in college and I was tutoring, I would do peer tutoring, I was tutoring at got involved with this program while I was tutoring middle school students and she said you know it might not be like your ultimate goal right it might not be the career path you want to go to but it might be something to kind of get you through until more opportunities in your field open up and so I went through the process of that figure out what I needed to do and then again just networking and talking to people I think that when young people go to college, you know, they, they want the experience, right? But part of the experience is building relationships. And so I always try to tell young people, talk to everyone, right? Talk to everyone and not in hopes like, oh, this person's going to help me out later, but really build relationships, get to know people because you may be of value to them. You may be able to help someone navigate their journey at a later time, or you may connect with someone and you guys can build something together. You know, you never know. So that is probably... Uh, the most challenging thing, just building that network, right? And then feeling comfortable enough to reach out to those people for help when I needed it. So you mentioned that you had your son your junior year of college. Did you think that it was a wrap for you at any point? No. I I knew I would finish, right? I, I, I just knew that I would. I didn't know if I would finish there, right, at the college that I was at, or if it would take me longer, or if I would have to go to another school or what. But luckily, you know, I, I did have a, a very strong support system that helped me, that really just supported me throughout the whole thing. That's nice. That's really nice. So you've been out of school almost 10 years now. Yes. Do you feel old? Do you feel old yet? I do. (laughs) I mean, that time flies because it's kind of like, whoa, wait a minute. It just was like, I was just out two years. And I remember when I was an undergrad student, I was picking at the people who would come back and they'd be like, yeah, I've been out of school five years. And I'd be like, "Mm mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of the same (laughs) boat. Like, gosh, was that 10 years ago? Jeez. Um, Right. But so... Just thinking about the past 10 years of your life, just being an adult and being a first generation college graduate and being this individual who has unlimited potential, what would you say has been the most challenging aspect of navigating adulthood as a first generation college graduate? Hmm. The most challenging aspect, I would really say, you know, navigating the workforce. Right. I would say navigating the workforce. So going into college, I mean, I had like a little job or whatever in high school, but when you graduate college, the level of expectation goes up for your employment. Right. 
So when you have family, friends, parents who are working jobs who don't have a college degree, they're making mm. less money. They are, I don't want to say stuck, but there's not a lot of opportunity for advancement and movement in a lot of their positions. Unless, right, depending on what time they may have come into that job, what things were a little more flexible, right? Sometimes there's really a ceiling on their position. For me, when I went into the workforce, even though I, I, you know, my first job after college was teaching, the level of expectations went up. So if I'm getting work advice, career advice from my friends who didn't go to college, how they navigate their job and position is different how I'm expected to. So some of the things that I was not familiar with, right, like I had to work a lot on professional etiquette, really building strong professional relationships, right, and learning that at work everybody's not your friend, right, and that was, mm. that's different from people that I grew up with, right, because everybody kind of is your friend, because if you went to high school with some people and, you know, now I go to Target, for example, I'm going to see, like, my friends, you know, but going mm -hmm. into environment where I may be the only person of color and just what what that looks like on a professional level right like I can't cuss out my boss and expect to be at work the next day or I can't show up late right whereas before I may have some wiggle room right or you know mm -hmm. your cousin your auntie they always going to work late and it's not a problem it's like okay you can't do that here you know so navigating the workforce and knowing sort of what those rules are right and more importantly the unspoken rules what those things are and I really learned that when I became an entrepreneur right mm -hmm. walking into meetings having meetings with financial professionals what that looks like right how I need to show up in those different spaces and those are things that I didn't learn in college, right? I didn't learn from family. I just learned once I was already there and that was hard. Hmm. So you said when you transitioned to entrepreneurship, that changed for you. Would you also say that maybe it's helped you to be more confident as a professional? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have, when I was young, I was probably 11 years old when I started my first business, right? Cause I was like, you know, I was one of those kids. I'm, I'm a 90s kid, so I grew up watching Living Single and like, Khadijah was my girl. I was like, I'm going to be a journalist. I'm going to start a magazine, right? So when I was 11, I started like this little neighborhood newsletter, right? So I write about people in my neighborhood and different things that was going on. And so that, like, that built my confidence, right? That, that helped me build relationships in my neighborhood because I always grew up shy, but I knew that I could write. And so when I got older and when I started my business, it, it's definitely a, a confidence thing to, to be on your own and be stepping out on your own. You know, one of the first things I did right after college and I was teaching started selling Mary Kay right and I was really hmm. good at it and I started making like you know I'm, I'm teaching I'm selling to my teacher friends and selling to parents and I'm out in the neighborhood and that built my confidence of like that that helped me with my shyness but it also helped me to know I was thinking like okay if I could sell Mary Kay from some lady that I don't even know you know I just pick up the product like okay let me sell it <laughs> then if I could sell someone else's product I could certainly sell my own and why am I not selling something with my own name on you know hmm. and that got me thinking and that's why I ended up starting my own business the black market because I'm like, you know, if I could do that for someone else, then I could do that for myself. And that could help me start building a legacy, right, for mm -hmm. my own family. Mm, love that. So what would you say to first generation graduates who are interested in entrepreneurship now? 
I would say do your research. Absolutely. Do your research. <laughs> do your research, you know, because I was listening to this, another podcast and was talking to this woman who started this very popular fashion blog. And she was saying like, oh yeah, you know, I heard that your Instagram page got shut down. And she was like, yeah, well, you know, we started this business. It got really popular. We have, you know, millions of followers now. And we didn't know, right, that we just couldn't take pictures off the internet and post them on our Instagram. Mm. And I was like, oh, like that's very detrimental to your business, especially if your business is built around social media, right? Which mm. there it is. Like they have a daily like, okay, this is a fashion post. Here's the celebrity of the day. Here's the outfit, you know, all that stuff. And people are running the social media to support business. But now you don't have that because you didn't do the research of knowing, right, what's required in your industry or in your business. And so a lot of times people have this great business idea, right? And they want to tell everybody about it and they just put it out there and get it out there. And that's good, but you really have to do your research because that's going to save you time and money in the long run, right? What is required to run your business? And a lot of times, depending on your business, you don't have to have certain things in place immediately, but you won't know that, right, unless you do the research. Because some people, I'm like, people come to me all the time, oh, I have this business idea, I just put in my application for my trademark, and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> like, <laughs> you did what now? Have you started the business? Have you, you right? And these things are expensive, too, right? It's, mm -hmm. It costs money to run a business, and trademark is probably the most expensive thing that you're going to pay for, in addition yes, to God. business licenses, in addition to, right, like a lot of different things. And so people don't, they don't do the research, and they end up, like I said, wasting a lot of time and money that they don't need to. Or sometimes people, right, they don't do the research and they start a business and they go get a logo made or somebody else has your business name, right? So that's <laughs> I ain't gonna laugh, but it's for real. <laughs> right, or you're like, or, some, or you want to start a business, oh, because nobody does this. And then you realize after getting into your business, there are 500 people that do that in your city. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, well, oh, my gosh, you know, me starting my own business didn't work out. Well, it could have worked out if you did something maybe even slightly differently. Right. 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 So right. It's about doing the research. Mm. So I want to do something a little different. I have a question that, you know, it's not one of those quick plant questions, but some of them aren't. Um, okay. What would you say makes life worth living? For me, it's creating. Mm. For me, it's creating. I would say creating makes life worth living. And like I said, I, I like creating a lot of different things. I like writing because that's like me creating and telling my own story. I like creating connections, going out and meeting people, connecting people with other people. I was doing that before I got on this call. I was like, oh my God, you know, I saw some of my first posts. I was like, hey, do you mind if I connect you with this person? Because they're doing something like that. Mm. I think you guys would, you know, really work out. I think that's the part that keeps me most grounded and it keeps me mm. closer to God. God being the creator. And when I'm creating, I feel like I'm in my zone. Even like as I'm going up, right? Like I'm getting to a point in my skincare business that I'm delegating a lot of things, right? Mm. But when I'm in the kitchen and I am making my product, right? Like that is where I feel closest to God. Mm. And that just made, that just brings a peace that almost nothing else does. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, you really said something when you said that. I've never heard anybody say that. That is powerful. Really? 
that is powerful that it really is god is a creator so when i'm creating you are feeling in your element because you recognize that gift and you recognize that purpose and you recognize your alignment in that even for you to be able to conceptualize what you're doing in that way is like my god (laughs) like that is (laughs) that's how i feel when i podcast that's how i feel when i'm doing these interviews it's like this is the best 30 minutes 45 minutes of my day because it's so me and it's so encouraging and I, right. and I just love the learning and it's like could it get any better than this and as entrepreneur something that I'm finding is while you may evolve many times as you're building your business something will always pull at you and when it does it's right. kind of like don't you let this go so that's what podcasting is for me it's like this is everything so right. I, I, yep. I love that 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 perception or that thought process of just feeling in tune with God when you were in your work. Girl, (laughs) come on today. Come on today. Um, So what would you say is the best advice since we're even thinking about just wisdom right now? What's what's the best advice someone has ever given to you? So this is this is a two parter. So two different people basically said the same thing, but in different ways. And they said it in a way at a time when it was exactly what I needed. So when I was first starting my business, you know, people always come up to you with advice, right? And so a person told me, they were like, you know what? Only take advice from people that you want to be like. Mm. And I was like, hmm. And as I thought about that, the people giving me advice, right, were people that had never started a business, were people that didn't have experience in the industry area that I wanted to do. And so while they were well-meaning and well-intentioned, it's not the best advice, right? Mm. Like, oh, girl, I think you should do this. Or maybe you should do it. You know, I wouldn't do that. Or, you know, it's like you want sound advice from people where the advice is actually going to help you and propel you forward. Another time a person said in, in my business, take advice from paying customers, right? Take mm. advice from paying customers. Because when I first started my skincare business, I was doing a lot of events. Like I would go to farmer's markets. I would exhibit at different local events. And then when people come to your table, oh, if you had this, I would buy it. Ooh, mm. have you ever thought about doing this scent? Have you ever thought about doing this product, right? And in the very beginning, I was like, oh my God, I have to like now make 30 different new products because that's what people want. Right. Mm. And so I put money into these things and then those people never became customers. Right. But then Mm. I started thinking, right. Right. As I'm working through things, I started sending, you know, surveys and marketing emails to my actual customers and the advice that they gave about things that they thought I could be doing better or products that they wanted. And then my sales started to grow. Right. Nice. But if someone wants to support you, right, they would support you. They're not going to say, oh, I would support you if these 15 other things, right? Because that probably means that we're not we're not a match, right? You're not my ideal customer. So I am not whatever I offer, right, is <laughs> not going to be what you need because we're just not a match. And so I think the advice I would give to people or the best advice I have been given is to just be way more selective on who you take advice from. Mm. I like that. <laughs> and I like that because it's almost as though you are a married person taking advice from a single person who's never been married. Right, right. Concept. I have this, this strong of. belief that it's one thing to be advised by people who know better. And it's, and it's not to say that people who haven't been in your shoes can give you advice, but you have to be mindful of the feedback you get. You have part to of the reason. It. 
Yeah, you have to filter. You have to because some people will tell you something and, and they haven't been where you are. It's the empathy that they can't relate to as well. So your customers aren't necessarily entrepreneurs. They're trying to grow with you and be with you. And they're the ones that are saying, hey, this is what I see because I am a part of this this brand, too. And so I like right. that you took that consideration. But even in life, one of the reasons I am a little more mindful of who I solicit for ideas on certain things is because of their framework that you're not first generation. You're not first generation graduate. You're not from a low SES background. I know you have knowledge, mm-hmm. but sometimes I just can't talk to you about how life is kicking my ass right now because right. you might say, you well, understand. just get over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, oh, you just yeah. be fine. Just get over it. But I'm like, every day I wake up, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Every day there's right. something else that's going on. And I know life is hard for all of us, but sometimes it's just having an empathy to be able to relate because connection is everything. And you said, you know, the thing about connection like that's really important. So I'm definitely digging right. it. So as we're getting to a, a place of wrapping up, I want to know, is there anything that you like to share with us about projects that you have coming up? Yeah, right right now I'm really excited. It's summertime. Um, this past year, I went back into the classroom to teach an entrepreneurship class. And so I'm really excited this summer because I received additional funding to teach it for another year. So I'm teaching high schoolers how to become entrepreneurs. And that's really exciting, right? Like getting them started early, right? Teaching them the things early that I learned late is really exciting. And they have so many great ideas as well. So yeah, that, that's something I'm working on now and looking forward to. I am rebranding my skincare line. So this summer, so many things planned, photo shoots, repackaging, redoing my labels and all that, which is right now a mess, but I know it's going to come out great. Um, so yeah, those those are things that I'm looking forward to right now. Nice. Looking forward to seeing what you do with everything. So I'm going to say three statements and I want you to fill in the blank. You ready? Okay. Love is powerful. Success is inevitable. Mm, I am beautiful. I love all that. Success is inevitable. Tell us a little bit more about that. You know, I was talking with a few different people this week and they're just feeling like, you know, like I can't win. Like I've been working so hard and things just aren't working out or, you know, I would do this, but I don't know if I can. And I just feel like, you know, every morning that I wake up is another opportunity to move forward on what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes right? That looks different. And every day I'm not excited about moving towards it. Every day something different happens. Sometimes I may be hindered in doing that. But every day that I wake up is another opportunity to go out there and go after what it is that I want. So as long as I keep waking up, I still have opportunities. As long as I have that goal, right? Although my plan may change, right? The path on how to get to that goal might change. As long as I have that goal, it's inevitable that I'll get there because I keep getting opportunities to make it happen. Mm, That's real. I love that so very much. Brandy, I've really enjoyed this conversation with you and I've taken a lot from it. So I want to thank you for sharing with us one today. And thank you. Where in the world? Oh, you are so, so welcome. You're so welcome. (laughs) Where in the world can we find you in the social media space so that we can stay connected to your work? All right, so you can find me on social media at Brandy Was Here, either hashtag or that's my handle, or Brandy Vernado on Facebook. Awesome, awesome. Well, Brandy, thank you so very much. Again, you have been a pleasure. Wishing you well in all that you do. Stay the path. Thank you.